0: All right, we're back in the post show, the show that comes after the show. We have we... a title for it, uh, Max and It's kind
1: of like energy in your brain. Whoops. And energy can move through space. Ooh,
0: energy can move through
1: space, baby.
0: Um I don't know. I we can I can figure it out. It'll be something like, you know, something like, you know, no, no, when an, when an 8-year-old picture May... beers or are...
2: Uh, unless, you a, unless you have,
0: unless you have, you have nailed right now. No, no, but there. nailed. But but I'm just saying, we
2: agreed. You know, no, you no longer. Yeah, but
0: this is one I feel that I can come up with a a title. You know, some kind of play on letting a child choose your beers, or Wait, I'm just gonna call it Max picks a blind. Okay, yep, that's fine. All right. So now got, We're gonna have to let Ali pick a show now. That's
2: fine <laughs> I'm curious I mean this it's interesting what came out of having right this is not yeah. a show that we would ever do.
0: no, no,
2: this is very different from a show that we would pick, which is awesome uh and
0: there was was there any bad beers there, not really I mean the, the jolly the pumpkin, pumpkin, pumpkin beer oh the pumpkin beer See, I wouldn't even call it a bad beer. there is a thousand worse pumpkin beers out there. The Most of them aren't that sweet Yeah But <laughs> they're grosser yeah, Most of them are spice bombs, right? So, I mean, that mm. wasn't a spice bomb Yeah, it was super sweet I'm not arguing with you there I just could tolerate the sweetness mm-hmm.
2: Um. So, let's think about some of the stuff that uh, I sent to you
0: Oh, can I tell you something real quick? Yeah So, uh, Ellie and I are working on a project But we ne- took a break So, I have the monitor here, you know, on the docking station So While we were taking, or she was eating some, her dinner down here. And I put on Physics Girl. And did you see the one she did about a month ago about the riddles with the bowl? Yes. And the ping pong ball? Mm Mm-hmm. So there were some warm-up ones, right? And the first one was, you know, you have a bucket full of water. Two buckets full of water. One is 25 degrees Celsius. One is 25 degrees Fahrenheit. Mm -hmm. And if you dropped a weight into it, which one would hit the bottom first? Yeah. And I try. She 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 didn't have enough knowledge, enough background, to realize. And I tried the giving it away. I tried to like, what do you know about temperatures and water and things like that? She didn't get it. Yeah. yeah. The trick here is that 25 degrees Fahrenheit is below the freezing temperature of water. So the water that's in that bucket is more commonly known as ice. Mm-hmm. And if you drop a weight through it, it's not going to hit the bottom unless it's a very big weight <laughs> or it, unless it's a briny water solution mm-hmm. right? You know, right something yeah.
2: like that i mean even then it should probably sink most likely unless it's uh, it'd it, be
0: more buoyancy in it right yeah, but yeah. yeah i mean that wasn't the spirit of the question right uh, but the the actual one that you know the cliffhanger at the end of the episode about sink, getting the ping pong ball to touch the bottom of the bowl
2: I, yeah. I, I I didn't figure it out. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't. Guess who
0: figured it out? She did? She got it before I got it. Really? So, like, I was, like, thinking, like, well, if you made a big enough, strong enough vortex, right, there'd be a vortex. That's void. exactly what I was thinking. That, but that then was... I then when I saw the bowl, I'm like, you can't make a vortex that strong Without in that bowl. Without spilling the water. spilling yeah. that water. And then... This is so, so I actually recorded a little bit. I'm gonna put it up as a quick little alley makes. So I'm gonna stitch in some of the physics girl and stuff because she got it because, you know, she used her experience of playing in the tub and pushing cups down and mm-hmm. trapping air like a diving bell. You know, she doesn't know what a diving bell is, but, you know, and yeah, she came up with it. She's like, if you took a cup and flipped it upside down. And as soon as she said that, I'm like, oh my God, that's it. And that's the answer. I know that's the answer. And she got it. Cool. <laughs> so. it, it's been a long time
2: since I played tub games, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, that that that's awesome. Um, yeah, I, I was thinking exactly the same as you were. I was thinking, well, okay, make a vortex. It, it'll it'll then st- the 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 ball <coughs> will sort of fit in the center, and then you presumably, mm-hmm. if it's powerful enough, vortex.
0: But then when I saw the bowl and how much water, I'm like, you can't. It, you can't make that vortex mm-hmm. without spilling the water. I was thinking like evaporation, you know, like long. But no, part of her rule is thirty minutes, you know. And uh, there, there's, there's one inaccuracy though. She's like, you can't, um, you know, you can't push down on the ping pong ball. You can't touch it. You know, you can't apply force to. The, I forget what she said, but what she said is, I, I feel technically false because when you're Doing the cup thing, you're you're applying force on the air that's pushing on the ping pong. Or right. It's not, I guess it's not pushing on the ping pong ball as much as the water, huh? It's pushing the water out of the way, which is going to impl- I mean, apply some force
2: on the ping pong ball. Some force,
0: but that's not the force that achieves the solution. Maybe like the the more the more primary force that's achieving the solution is pushing on the water. Pushing on the ping pong ball. It's still floating on top of the water. Right? Yeah. But technically you are pushing, applying force to the ping pong ball too. How do you get the ping pong ball to sink in the water? What do you mean? They float. With the cup? Yeah. Well, Well, you're lowering the level of the water with the diving bell type thing. Right? The ping pong ball is going to be floating on the surface of the water Uh inside the inside the diving bell. Right. So when you push that, the cup, that's the,
2: right. for some reason, I, I thought of it backwards. The when you push the the bottom, and you have to yeah. bring it to the top. That's when
0: not. you push the cup the whole way to the bottom, the surface of the water inside the diving bell is, for all intents pers- of purposes, at the bottom of the bowl. Then. She covered the whole compression of the air in the diving bell thing, but you have to have like three stories, uh, you have to have like thirty feet of depth to compress a diving bell to half its volume. So uh what? Yeah, yeah, but I was I was like, "Oh my god." And so we watched some more of the riddles and we talked about the um or no, we watched we watched the physics girl about the small like imaging the one that she it's an older one. I think it's a really old one actually. It was just one that showed up on the, you know, also on physics growth type thing. About imaging a molecule. Uh-huh. They used um what did they use for that one? But talking about like electron microscopes and stuff. And this is me smiling. And talking about
2: America's gonna get you to Don't mess around with God's America
0: but no you'd really like this because it was they were talking about uh, elementary particles you know uh, yes. atoms mm-hmm. and then subatomic particles and quarks and stuff and it was kind of her first exposure to some of that stuff and she was asking the right questions such and as i i don't remember i'm sorry i i I don't know but it was um It would have been great if you were here. You would have been like a proud dad just like me because she was into it. She was engaged. And like I was trying to explain um, how I I was explaining how how imaging works, right? Like how uh, optical microscope versus electron microscope Mm -hmm. versus things like that. And I tried to use an example of if I put my hand out here in front of you. You can see my hand. Can you hear my hand? And it might not be a perfect example, mm-hmm. but it's like the sound waves don't have the resolution unless you're really practiced at it to echolocate the, mm-hmm. the shape of my hand. Right.
2: Because
0: it, right? it, 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 it's the... It probably, pro- you probably need infrasound to do that
2: at, at that scale. Right. right? But I was talking
0: about wavelength and resolution, mm-hmm. right? Where like the wavelength of light is small enough that you can image my hand. But even a bat, well, maybe a bat, what but, say, but you ultrasound. know, you wouldn't have great resolution on the, you wouldn't see the creases in the palm of my hand with sound.
2: No, 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 no. You like, right. and it's a different sound, I meant ultrasound. You need a higher, yeah. Yeah. a higher
0: wave. Yeah. But, um, yeah, because, like, a bat's not going to see the creases in the palm of my Mm-mm. hand. Yeah. Right? It's going to know to avoid that thing that's right there if it's flying. So I was talking about that, and then like so, there's things that have shorter wavelengths than light. And physics is amazing because I could not have described how an electron microscope works, or how um, yeah she's really good <laughs> how uh, particle colliders work, and it's a quantum mechanical thing, right? Mm-hmm. Where when you have a particle moving fast enough, it acts like a wave with a higher you know high like a high frequency, and that's how they get the resolution to observe these particles. She has a great explanation of laser cooling, too, which is
2: mm-hmm. how you use, I mean, because you, when you think laser, you normally you think, oh, they're hot. Applying energy to it. But right? you're using lasers at a slightly higher frequency than what you want, so the particle is go
0: if it's moving towards it, it's, it's blue-shifted. You're slowing it down. You're and hitting, therefore, you're, it's going to hit it. You're only then... pressing against it. Selectively, right? Yeah, no, but you know, just her description, and it's probably something I knew, but and you know it, I'm sure you know how electron microscope works, but I haven't really focused on that lately. So, yeah, uh, the deal is that electrons, because
2: they are they're they're wave like, but they're you know, they're infinitely small in theory, right? So, so their wavelength is arbitrary, therefore, you can get
0: essentially incredibly I, tiny resolution right but where... I, didn't, I didn't realize the faster you shoot them the smaller their apparent wavelength is and the higher resolution you can get mm-hmm. right so what that means for people listening at home is you know um so you had two electron microscopes and one had a certain power electron beam and another one had double the power electron beam the reason the one has double the power electron beam is because it's shooting out the electrons of more energy. And in quantum mechanical type things, when that electron is behaving like a wave, it has double the frequency. And double the frequency means double the resolving power. So it can see something twice as small. Right.
2: And when you realize that all what seeing is is reflecting. And resolving then the the image that comes from reflecting, uh, you realize that okay, so all so all electron mic- mic- microscopy is going to be black and white because it's only on or off essentially. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. no color. Color is something that the, the, the brain adds to things later as a mm-hmm. as a way of uh, differentiating. Well, things. right.
0: I mean, so that's an example of your optical sensor, your eye has a wide spectrum, mm-hmm. right? Where and a scanning electron microscope is if tuned. the sense if the sensor receives a wider spectrum than the spectrum that the gun's sending out, then you're just getting noise. Mm-hmm. You're not getting data back that was intended. So the sensor on a s electron microscope is going to be tuned to the frequency of the electrons wave what's that called? When electron the wave have function. wave function, is mm-hmm. that the wave function? But it, I wasn't it's, sure wave function was the right term. It, it
2: I mean, it, it's it, it's 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 really just ultimately something like a photomultiplier. It's not it's not a huge engineering problem to detect electrons. That's never been a big mm-hmm. engineering problem. But um, you can tune at which at what frequency or what energy. We usually talk about it in terms mm-hmm. of
0: energy. Mm-hmm. So right. what energy Well right. You wanna only get the electrons that came out of the gun bounced off mm-hmm. your sample and back to the sensor, right? You don't want other noise.
2: So the so yeah. the you you probably know that the two con the two variables that are uh conjugate in uh in that we mostly refer to with particles are position and momentum. Uh, and therefore, when one is really well defined the other one is not very well defined
0: you want either of those or
2: i uh, i I'm done, You're done? okay yeah. uh, the th- with there, there is an, a conjugate variable with uh re- with respect to energy, and that's time so as energy is more well defined time is less defined right sure. so um so that that's where i mean that, that's
0: it may seem like a sort of esoteric she had a oh so i'm sorry yeah good physics girl had a really good she she i don't think she spent enough time on on it in her video but that one where they imaged the molecule they also showed here's like the only picture of an atom that we have right and there's it was, it was some kind of i forget i forget how they imaged it right but it they have was, a bunch of pictures of atoms this was like in twenty thirteen, I think, is what you
2: mean. No, it on. I mean I remember IBM mm-hmm. did a their first I remember IBM put a bunch
0: of atoms to make IBM and they were able to image oh, that. Okay. And, I mean there's a bunch of images. There. All right. I, maybe it showed the subatomic particles too. I I don't know. I don't know how you could do that. I I don't know the details. But she talked about the whole uncertainty principle makes it hard to you know it's part of the reason it's hard yeah. to image it. Not also having a detector and in, in a medium with wavelengths and stuff.
2: And what you're really detecting but, is you're detecting but, essentially the electron shell. But what she the showed... Shell.
0: She kind of showed this um, video of her standing in her backyard where, you know, she's moving and there's kind of like a, a ghost of where she was, right? So you can kind of see that whole uncertainty. She could be here. She could be there. You know, like... But you know... She's definitely here in the center. You just don't know where the edges are. You know, that's kind of what the video showed real quickly. Okay. You know, and it's not perfect, but I think that it, it's a reasonable enough. It's f- a good way. Yeah. Like there's a high likelihood that here in the center of this frame where she's always been, she's going to be. Mm-hmm. But on the edges where she's moving and she was only for a moment, she may or may not be there. Right. And um, she she went past it really quickly. And I just thought it was a very good effect to demonstrate an analogy for uncertainty. I mean, the interesting thing about
2: that is the first thing I was thinking when you when you explained it to me was, oh, that's not really right, because it gives the idea that the electron is bouncing around in different positions. But then I thought about it, and Then, as you're describing it more, I think, well, what it does actually demonstrate is, in some sense, the discontinuity uh, that appears in quantum mechanics, such that when... Something can travel from one position to another without going in the positions in between. Okay. So, um, and so it it is, in a sense, a good demonstration. It just yet to it's 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 that thing where you you don't know how far to go with an explanation before it becomes too confusing as an explanation. Sure. Let's
0: see if I can find it real quick. What do you think of this dark matter uh, XKCD? Basically? Oh, I thought it was really good. <laughs> I mean, the jokes in there are really good too. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it's a uh, it, it's an XKCD where, where um, it looks at dark matter candidates and what what they could be based on their energy level. Uh, really, their mass, uh, but their mass is expressed as energy. Uh, in in the lower case, and then it just turns into, uh, grams. So in the lower, in the milli electron volts, you have things called axions, which is confusing. So I wouldn't, I don't want to get into those. Uh, then in the uh, around electron volt to kilo electron volt level, there's sterile neutrinos. Um, in the mega electron volt, electrons painted with space camouflage, mm-hmm. so we can't detect them. Oh, I missed that yeah. one. <laughs> uh, in the tera electron volt, neutralinos, supersymmetric neutrino particles that are theorized in supersymmetry, which probably isn't true. Uh, in the uh, round, what was it, 10 to the negative 18 kilograms, cue balls, which are quark uh, matter. Okay. Um, then in the nanograms pollen, <laughs> just around a milligram no CMs, <laughs> yeah bugs. bugs, yeah. Uh, in grams bees, uh, in kilograms eight balls or just, just, <laughs> just, you know. I like the yeah. way at the very top. Uh, yeah, the very top is great. Yeah, so around less than a ton space cows, uh, in, in the you know ten to the six kilograms, obelisk modelist py- pyramids. Uh, then there's a whole bunch of stuff that's ruled black holes that have been ruled out by gamma rays, GRB lensing, neutron star data, buzzkill astronomers, <laughs> micro lensing, <laughs> solar feasibility, and then the last one at the very high end is maybe those orbit lanes <laughs> in the space diagrams are real and very heavy. <laughs> the orbital lines are really
0: heavy. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, so here's a little bit of that physics world video. I'm not sure, like I said, I think it's a pretty old one, but to
3: have manatee, so this
0: is a molecule is still that was not imaged.
3: Small to see an atom. But in 2013, scientists imaged a single hydrogen atom for the first time using photoionization microscopy. Oh, okay. Well, sort of. What you're seeing here is the electron's
2: wave function. Yeah. That. So okay. Can you, can you pause a second? So so what what's what's going on there is really interesting because what you're seeing is the electron energy levels. You're seeing essentially a uh, a picture of um it, said it was hydrogen?
0: Yeah.
2: Wow. That's that's amazing. <laughs> you're you're seeing the the hyperfine structure mm-hmm. of of a hydrogen atom. That's spectacular. I never
0: knew that. All right, so this very next scene is the thing I was talking about. Yep. Tell me if you think this is a good analogy function
3: or the probability of finding it in different parts. It's kind of like making a picture like this. this atomic portrait is the smallest picture we've ever
0: so that was really fast, uh-huh, but I think it was yeah so okay good. so
2: she it had a picture of her, and then she started to dance but the, but you saw sort of the echo of where she
0: was, yes, but like okay, so here let me pause so, it at the right like time. So right now, right here, she never not was. She was always in this pixel here, right? Uh Uh-huh. So, you know, there's a very high likelihood you'll find her there. Right. Where over here, she was only in this pixel for 60% of the time. And out here, she was only in that pixel for 10% of the time. Mm -hmm. You know, and you saw how fast this clip went through and didn't, describe it or anything yeah but i think it's a great tool it
2: doesn't get to the thing that i was thinking of which was like i spent i expected to be bouncing around which would be more an example of discontinuity but this works as an explanation for why you see multiple energy levels of the hydrogen atom because it's effectively you're you're imaging both in a way mm-hmm. um Essentially, what that looked like to me, and I could be wrong, but if you go back to the picture of the atom, that looks like the two t- smallest levels of the S shell, uh, one being a slightly higher mm-hmm. energy level than the other. Uh, the S is the spherical first shell of the hydrogen atom. Right, so
0: you're talking about this area right here, right? For sure. And then this is the higher energy right, level? Right, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. But this, so the middle there, this false color of the nucleus. Right. But is that still... Electrons, or like like a, the potential of the electron, or what is? That? I mean,
2: the electron shell is around the nucleus, right? right. So, but why do they have this false color? Probably So So this could be. I mean, I I don't know. I, I honestly have yeah. no idea. My guess is something about the charge. Okay. Uh. Like the, the colors are showing the distribution of charge.
0: I thought this was pretty neat, too. I, I thought they could have done a whole video on this part. Oh, the, the, the part where, where, where...
3: And we discovered that quarks are never alone. When you try to separate yeah. two of them, you have to put in so much energy that by the mass-energy equivalence, you'd create two new quarks that...
0: So I was explaining that to Allie. Mm-hmm. Right, where you'd have two quarks that are bound together... And you pull them apart, and you're putting so much energy into there. The quarks need a partner so bad that they take that. I said they take that energy and make a new quark.
2: But that is yeah. essentially what happens. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah. This is this is the phenomenon known as confinement.
2: This is quark confinement. Uh, this is why we never see quarks as a single particle outside. In you we we don't see we see jets of of mesons. Uh, like these two quark pair things, mm-hmm. or or a baryons or three quarks, um, we don't ever see individual quarks because you can't separate quarks. If you try, all you're doing is adding more energy to the system. And once you add enough energy, you've added enough energy to the system to allow for the creation of of a of a, uh, a quark any quark pair out of the vacuum.
0: Um, that's big. She talks about string theory next. If you want to hear it, yeah, sure.
3: Of infinite forces as you get. closer well, let me go back a little bit further. Particles with zero dimension, it's possible that they have no size. Perhaps, maybe they are literally point particles with zero dimension. But this creates issues of infinite forces yep. as you get closer and closer to the particles. String theory has proposed a solution to these infinities: that the particles are made of one-dimensional loops or strings. That way, some parts of the string are closer, and some are further away as you approach the particle, and your problem of infinities disappears. And how small are these theoretical Mm, strings? Around the size of the Planck length, which is, in theory, the shortest measurable length in the universe. It is 10 to the minus 35 meters. That's a hundred quintillion times smaller than a proton. Of course, this scale is not very useful to us. If you asked my height, I'd have to tell you I'm 107 billion septillion Planck lengths, Or just
2: 172 centimeters. So, that's a reasonable explanation for at least the beginnings of of string theory. Where string theory has moved to is very, very different. Uh, String theory, as I understand it, which is not as in any way an expert, uh, as someone who's mildly informed about the subject, uh, doesn't have strings anymore. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, It's, uh, so you know and that's fine i mean theories evolve as a yeah, like i
0: I wish so that's the video i showed Ali, uh-huh. and like i said she was asking the right questions i wish i could remember what she asked yeah. so i could form on to you but it was it was it was a proud pop moment <laughs> for sure
2: i had a similar moment with uh, my nephew who was asking me about uh mars he said he asked me recently cuz they just discovered that lake on mars okay yeah um it's really more of I mean and, and as as I was explaining to him, it's really more of a briny ice. It's not a lake like you would think. Mm-hmm. It's but but it's interesting to see that. Yes, is there Yes, you know, is there any uh is there any life on Mars bigger than a bacteria? And I said, Well, as far as we know, there's no life on Mars at all except for anything that went on the probes, you know that, that stayed there. Right. Uh, on on our pros, but potentially there is it's, life on it's Mars. It's reasonable
0: yeah. to assume that there is bacteria in the soil or in the ice on Mars.
2: It, well, no, I wouldn't say no, that. You wouldn't say it reasonable. I, I I would say we don't have any evidence whatsoever right? that there is yeah. life. On Mars, other than anything, they may have hi- they may have taken a ride with hard yeah. probes, right it It seems like Mars was at some point habitable to life in the same way that Earth was. and if our theories about life are correct then it seems likely that at some point there may have been some biological life of some sort on Mars. That's about as close as we can get. Okay. Uh, the, the the ingredients were there. And there was enough time for it to happen. Whether it
0: did happen... Right. I, I the, the thing that... You know, I think the thing you... I think, especially for someone like that, you know, you, sh- you should mention, you know, we've only explored like one fifth of our ocean, <laughs> uh, so we've explored almost no part of Mars. Yeah. So, give it time.
2: Right. Yeah. That exactly. I mean, it's it it's hard. I I mean, I can't even really fathom it, and I understand it to a point, but it's hard to fathom <laughs> how far away Mars is. Mm-hmm. It, it's. It feels closer than it actually is because we have, you know, we have probes around it. We have uh, at least one operational rover still on there. The um, opportunity is probably dead, unfortunately, but it lasted 14 years. I mean, That's
0: insane. I yeah. mean, that, it's so, yeah. Uh, yeah, we were we were young whippersnappers starting a beer podcast and we had to explain what podcasts were when Opportunity and Spirit landed. Yeah. Um,
2: but it, so it seems closer, but it's, you know, it's 20 to 40 light minutes away. It's, it's huge. Mm-hmm. It's a hundred and, and at times up to like 300 million, uh, kilometers. So you, that's all, it's all relative, man. <laughs> um, yeah, it's far. It's, it's, it's really far away. Uh, uh, that that's a problem, for uh, that's why we send robots, <laughs> because robots don't need food or water.
0: It's just the electricity. Cheaper. A lot cheaper. A lot cheaper.
2: Uh, they can't do as much. No. No.
0: but uh, they they are effective. So, what do you think about the hole on the space station? The what? The hole. The air leak. Oh, I haven't. To... I haven't read enough about it okay. to to have any opinions on it. I,
2: so I read it... something about that. The, there's there's thought that it might be sabotage.
0: That's it. So, the the first theory I heard was that some guy on Earth in Russia accidentally drilled a hole, patched it with some epoxy or glue or something, was done with it, uh-huh. sent it up. Glue dried out and fell off air was leaking out And they patched it with some duct tape And then I think they ended up using The first patch was with duct tape Then they patched it with epoxy or something like that It's okay But then I was watching last week tonight Last week, tonight <laughs> That night And You know, I, I feel that John Oliver does some Pretty good reporting and, and stuff like that But he went straight into This whole They're reporting that it sabotaged one of the astronauts on the space station drilled the hole because he wanted they wanted to get back to Earth early and he flipped it. He so he covered that that speculation and he flipped the comedic about it's one of the mices in the experiment Uh and you got Fuzz Armstrong or Fuzz Aldrin and you know a whole bunch of different mice and and whatnot but. I just seemed. It's the first time watching Last Week Tonight where I was like, no, no, don't, don't. Like, they just didn't really analyze this whole sabotage thing. Well, they
2: were trying to make a joke about mice. I I know.
0: But they Uh, went on, I went online and I can't find the credible information about. Yeah,
2: I I don't know. I mean, the only thing that, that, uh, that I guess didn't surprise me, but it, uh, you know, it was a question. that was out there. Was if there was a hole in the station? That means everyone's going to die really quickly. And it's like, no, not really. <laughs>
0: it's a tiny hole. It takes a while for air to to, it to go was out of. Not as small as I had thought. Right, mm-hmm. this hole was, um, three sixteenths of an inch, almost yeah. a quarter inch. You know, drill hole.
2: It's still, it's still not a lot of
0: air that can go out there. At it, what depends, point time. it depends on the pre- pressure differential. You know, 14 PSI versus vacuum. I I guess, as, you know, they didn't wake up the astronauts because it wasn't critical. So in the morning, they're like, hey, you're losing air. Go find it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that the was weird the last week tonight where they kind of like went double down on the whole sabotage space s- sabotage by an astronaut.
2: It's, a, I mean, a, as a, as a... Tabloid story goes right. It's a it's a good one, but yeah, I know it's yeah uh, it's unlikely. Yeah, I mean, because an astronaut's going to know that
0: that's not going to get them home. <laughs> really. Yeah, and it, it's and at least everything that I'm aware of, you know, astronauts have to go through so much evaluation before they get to that point. That you know, they pick the people that are stable enough, and you know, this wasn't but even that,
2: that, that doesn't always work, yeah, yeah. And and humans are irrational creatures and creatures of emotion, and you're stuck in a in a tin can orbiting the like Earth. like body odor twenty four
0: seven. Yeah. Um.
2: Here's an interesting thought I had. If there's something right now in the environment that is uh, that is selecting for us, it's screens. Babies and kids are mystified and just bewildered by screens. Do you
0: think that's selecting though? I mean, I, I think it's a selection. is there a competitive? I mean, so for me, selection. This is the part I'm missing. That's why I'm jumping straight to it, okay. right? What is the competitive advantage? What is making you more likely to? I don't know what the competitive
2: advantage is, but I'm just saying that people are just completely distracted by it. Uh, whether it's competitive advantage or not, there is. But something isn't that
0: isn't that the, what selection is, or or how are you, selection are you isn't necessarily about advantage; it's
2: just about what happens. Okay. I mean, uh, it's it's about what fo- you know what forces there are, uh, okay. on uh, on the in, in, you know in the environment uh, that are acting. Uh, in 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 ways that determine behavior, or the behavior that okay. fit around, and and that is occurring. Okay,
0: maybe I was putting too much into natural selection, survival of the fittest, right? Where the people that can adapt best to your environment, and this is kind of like the thing where, with all this technology, and not just screen technology, but I've said this before, right? My Eye prescription is so bad that if I didn't have corrective lenses, mm-hmm. and I was a caveman, I would have never passed on my. Genes. But
2: see, so you're focusing on the who the winners are. Where mm-hmm. the important thing is not that selection chooses the winners, is that selection chooses the winners and the losers, right? right? So selection is is the process by which the environment uh, defines the. Um, the the systems the the pressures that uh, that are
0: impacting the populations. Do you think screens negatively
2: is... or po- or positively I, or whatever? I get
0: what you're saying about screens, but if you're gonna spread this out, like income inequality and and you know access to resources and stuff, you think that screens are really up there with all that other stuff? I, I
2: think. Well, I mean, what I've noticed. Is how people are drawn to them.
0: Oh, the fucking! Oh, heroin, man.
2: Like like gnats to a light. I mean, it is. Uh, it somehow is it the screen or is it the content? No, it's the screen. Um, because what babies are babies are doing it, and they don't. I mean, like when Helena plays with the phone, she now she likes to look at pictures and stuff like that. But she was just. She so just likes to the, mess still, around, and the fact that it moves content, and stuff. Though. Well, I guess it's it, it's something about the, the the that it moves. I'm and not, it, I'm not right? trying to argue. I'm just trying to flush it out. Right. right? Yeah, yeah. But it's it, maybe it, maybe it's it's not just that it's a screen, but that it's a responsive screen in some sense. But the the um, the the impact it has is immediately apparent. Like, I mean, it it. Mm-hmm. It shuts... I remember my kids were
0: infants, you know, and... It's interesting. I mean, if it wasn't a screen, though, it would be the the next best toy that would not be a screen. You know, that they would be... But those don't have the same, like, immediate sort of pacification power. You could develop one that's not a screen
2: that's just as addictive, I'm sure. I would... I haven't seen anything that is as ubiquitous and as is... Well, no,
0: because the screen is so versatile as well.
2: Yeah. It, it's fascinating just, just watching
0: that. And, and, and not... I mean, it's not just Helena. I mean, it's, you know, everyone... I'd be curious to see what the, what's this whole screen culture does for optics, for vision, because they're focusing on things that are so close there, did you see the thing that was out like two weeks ago about the blue light in the screens causing eye cancer yes, or that something? Was, that was bullshit. Oh, was it bullshit? Okay, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, completely bullshit. Okay, good.
2: <laughs> um, but you notice like everyone, you know, you go to an elevator, people are looking at their screens. You're on a bus, everyone's it's, looking at their screens. It's
0: also... It's just... It's a fear of boredom. It's it's you know, it's, it's more than just a screen for that. But I saw this... Meme that I saw could have political motivations, but it was a photo from the nineteen forties on a bus, and everyone had their newspaper open. They weren't, yeah, being uh, no no social right with other right people. and and I would say
2: that print media had a selection effect. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. there is like these are these are all technologies that have had effects on the population dynamics uh of our species and i just find it fascinating i'm not i'm not trying to, to give it a, a negative or positive light. i'm just yeah. saying i'm noticing this and yeah i yeah it is true at, at the time you know you know printed media was such a, it's a, it's a huge deal uh
0: yeah, I mean that was more of a you think people are not being social now and they used to be social. Well, here, look at right. back you know guy it was yeah, 45 white guys going to work with fedoras and the newspaper open, you know, and they weren't talking to each other then either. So,
2: I don't know how common that was. I mean, that may yeah. have been just, you know, a photo of, of a particular incident. I wasn't there. Yeah. Uh, but it, you know, it 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 does seem to me that that these screens are are more powerful uh, in terms of getting people's attention. Because newspaper doesn't... I I can't distract a a baby with with a newspaper.
0: No. And also, you can't be as frivolous. Like, how can you be... I mean, you can read the comics and only the comics, right? But, like, the frivolity of people on their phones. Mm -hmm. Yes.
2: Well, it, it I think it does say it, it so I think you're right in that it's not just the fact that it's emitting light or responding, right? There there's something about the, the content and there's a social aspect to it too. Uh so because yeah, it's it, a it, bunch it's, of different It's all things. complicated.
0: It depends what you're addicted to, right? I mean right. for me it's mostly the social thing. Mm-hmm. You know, for my kids,
2: but I, but I, I'm looking like long, like oh, like overacting. Like the social effect that I'm thinking of is the fact that it's a rich enough society that basically everyone can get a phone, right? So that that's a you know that's a different social aspect than it would be in some other area of the world. Um, uh, but there, there's uh, it's also not seen as a negative to to people. Necessarily to be on your phone all the time. It's it, it's actually, in some sense, uh, socially considered to be more graceful to be on your phone instead of paying attention to what other people are doing. <laughs> as as a like, it, it seems it seems a lot less weird to people if if somebody it's, is. It's not. E- I mean, in, in it's the elevator hard. on their phone as, as opposed to just staring at you if they're in yeah. the elevator, right?
0: I, I I think I'm fairly good at this now, but there's been times where. I'm on my phone and half listening to my kids. That's not good, right? That's.
2: But that, you know, that happens with TV. That happens with anything. Yeah, so yeah. that's. Uh, that I, I think with the book.
0: book. I think with the phone, the... You, you know, TV is in, a, like, wasn't as mobile, right? Mm-hmm. And so there was a. If you're watching your show, you're watching your show. There's the. Your. Playing, TV was less
2: pet was more passive too. You're, you're, right.
0: there's this whole thing you're playing with your kid. Your phone buzzes. You check it to make sure it's not important, or you check it because you just are addicted to the buzz on your phone, and you're ignoring your kid. And I think I I'm think that I'm doing pretty good with not letting the phone interrupt um, parent time. But there's been times where I've I've definitely been uh, guilty. Of drowning out a kid with, you know, just scrolling through Twitter or something like that, and I'm not proud of it, but I'll admit that I did it, and I try to keep that to a minimum.
2: I think it, it's. I mean, I think we're we're approaching it from two different angles, that, that, but because it's a big subject, this mm-hmm. this idea of of where screens take. You and I'm just I'm interested in it as a sociological phenomenon, really, and I'm not ju- trying to judge it. I'm not saying mm-hmm. it's a good or bad thing. It's just interesting to me uh, how how effective they appear to be at uh, at what they're doing at at
0: drawing somebody's I, attention. I would love to see the thing I want to see most. For actually, I guess there's a couple things like epidemiolo- epidemiological about. Um, yeah, that... I, I, well, like eye health, like like focusing on something that's so close, like. Or my, alley has glasses. Max doesn't. The optometrist says Max, you know, if things go, as the like, you know, the most likely way, he's gonna have good eyes and not need glasses, which. Uh is interesting because both Heather and I have glasses.
2: I look my parents both have yeah. glasses. My sister has yeah. glasses. All of all of yeah. them have glasses. Maybe it's not, not as genetic as it it's, seems. It I mean it it is it I mean it probably has genetics that play a role, but you I haven't I've never needed glasses. I still don't need them. I still can read uh the small print on the evil twin right now. Mm-hmm. Uh let's face it, it begins with and so it's like it, it's mm-hmm. it's not um it will go, and it will go yeah. quickly, I think. It, it, I'm, you know, 42 years old now. It's it's going to hit a point where suddenly yeah. it's going to be like, oof. Yeah.
0: And, I, I find that um, certain lighting conditions, like last night I was down here playing some Minecraft with Allie on the Xbox. And uh, on my lock screen, when Heather sent me text, I couldn't, like, I couldn't. Read and the the light was low. I but I you know I had to unlock my phone and get to iMessage to actually read the text, you know, and and stuff like that. So I'm starting to get that. And for the last, th-
2: let's face it, we all like to put labels on things. Yeah, it just makes us less last three years or it.
0: so. Heather would hold out her phone right in my face, like here, look at this. Uh-huh. I'm like, I can't read that. Hold <laughs> <laughs> it away, man. So. It's funny because she holds it too close, and I can't read it. Where without my contacts, my far point is only like thirteen centimeters from my, you know, eyeball. So like I have super bad prescription. Um, it would just so there's a, there's just there's a vision thing of the screens, but there's also the attention. There's the the social, socialization thing of you know pulling out your phone in public. You know, I you know there's a whole bunch of tough questions, and it's not you know I think. Like you mentioned about selection, right? It's it's part of the evolution, right? It's if you become dependent on your screen, it's not necessarily a bad thing if your screen is going to be with you for the rest of your life. If it if it gives you an advantage of some, in some case, then it's not a bad thing, right? Uh, it's it's the times where you don't have a screen and you're not able to function, right? That's where it becomes a problem. Mm-hmm. But if being a human means having an iphone then it's not really a disadvantage
2: i, I think it is an arguable point that we are now at, uh, in, in some sense cyborgs uh, is we it, are wedded to our technology in a way that is more more drastic than
0: uh it has ever really okay. been so is it when will the historians like Say that we've speciated, or something like that,
2: right? That... I would argue that there is probably a speciation event of some kind when with the invention of language. If that defined humanity as a te- that was a technological advance that defined uh, a, a, a type of humanity.
0: Uh, okay so there was a speciation there. In in like in, in, on and, and maybe that's not the right word right yeah. because I think speciation has to do with like who can mate with who and actually make a viable offspring. I mean, stream, speciation
2: right? itself is is very vague because okay. what determines But like
0: so they just like the last couple of years they've decided that we're in a new geologic era. Mm-hmm. Plastic basically. Right. <laughs> you know. If, if not plastic it's the humans have made enough crap that will be in the geologic record. So is it called the Paleocene? Or is it something like that? Is it... Uh, uh, no, it's not the Paleocene. It's the... Heli... He- something, like Throp- something Thropocene, does not it? Uh, thropocene. Actually, that makes sense because anthropics anthropic. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. Uh, but, so... There is a new geologic period where humans have uh, impacted the geologic record so it's probably starts with clay pots but microplastic is going to be like the hallmark of the anthropocene okay yes we're in the anthropocene now and um microplastic i think is going to be the hallmark of that you know the clay pots are going to be a tiny little bit yes yeah they're they're, um, they're
2: like the beginning of it but it really is going to be probably dominated by yeah microplastic right. beads
0: so, there's that, but then there is, right, so what is, like, you have Homo sapiens, and we're still Homo sapiens today, but, you know, I'm thinking at some point in the future, historians are going to walk back and say, at this point, Homo sapiens turned into Homo cyborgians. Or, or something, yeah. Homo technoliosis. screenonians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and...
2: Uh, like, i mean i i think it goes back to language like i said as a as a technology uh because that defines the that that gave us this kind of social web that was much more defined mm-hmm. than it had ever been the ability for us to communicate so you think
0: that's the milestone is language the I, ability... I, i'm not arguing i think that's possible
2: yeah the ability for us to communicate abstract ideas to one another mm-hmm. uh is the most probably the most important
0: development. And you don't think that any of this technology stuff is on the same plane. I don't think it's yet to the point where it is as impactful. Do you think it's going So I know you're not a fan of uh, artificial super intelligence or anything like that. It's not like I'm not a fan, I just don't think it's it's I I don't think I'm not I'm not I'm
2: not a believer in the doomsayers. I don't think. Okay.
0: That... okay. So doomsayers, but do you think that like maybe the next plane is when we're augmented with a species that we've created of sorts or um, it, it's even if it were benevolent masters of uh, obedient, of an obedient AI, you know, an artificial super that's obedient, you know, I think that's a speciation event. I think an artificial superintelligence is uh, as sci-fi as warp drive. Okay, I might not have used the right term. I mean, who knows what? I mean, obviously, we saw what the I could do last week when I loaded our show yeah. into it. Um, it. Yeah, we're just doing. Um, f- 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 what's that called? F- uh, what do they call the people that predict the future? The futurist. <laughs> futurist. Yeah, we're just doing futurist stuff now, right?
2: Um, I, I mean. The... It's it's fun in some sense, but I'd think that it's easy to get carried away and, and get into this singularity Ray Kurzweil bullshit where you get evangelical about stuff. I mean look at what the internet did versus what people were saying it would do. Uh
0: the It's very altruistic uh at the beginning yes. in the in the predictions. And then it was very self-serving and opportunistic.
2: It, I mean, it shows to me the failings of libertarian philosophy. Which is the idea that everyone thinks of the world in the same way I do. Therefore, it's all going to work. (laughs) Uh, And if i agree to some sort of contract then everyone should agree to it because that's the rational thing to do right this concept that people are entirely rational creatures given the choices and that there is uh um there is a, a reasonable level of parity between people's uh, viewpoints such that we can all agree about things <laughs> Like this, uh, which is absurd. I mean, as we are, are seeing right now, uh, people are irrational. They have behaviors that uh, defy attempts to uh, to reasonably understand them on a micro scale. On a macro scale, they can predict and be predicted roughly. Right, but with um, with a certain statistical uh, approximation. Uh, over there. There
0: you go. He's trying to... Jeff is putting in... All right, so... Um, the are you speaker done? sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just wanted to plug that in. Stop that. <laughs> oh, that's great.
2: What the that's hell? fantastic. There's the beer bottle.
0: Let me start this. So I... I I don't normally watch the Joe Rogan experience or anything. Yeah, sure. But mm-hmm. I, I saw this headline, and I'm curious, why doesn't Neil deGrasse Tyson put a cover on his iPhone? So, I, I watched this. Why thing. doesn't are
2: he? Are you out? one of those dangerous guys that doesn't put a case in your phone? You have that sound is you have awful. offering escape in your ba- the back, the, on your okay, phone. Okay, why don't you
0: load this one? Okay. <laughs> yeah.
2: Alright. Uh, what, what, what should I be looking should for? Search
0: YouTube for Neil deGrasse Tyson Joe Rogan iPhone.
2: <clears throat> I don't have a case on my iPhone right now. Okay. So uh, I, I actually, once I now that I have the new car, I you know I connect it up, and it has the screen. You know, it has the CarPlay stuff, so I don't even need to okay. have my phone up or anything mm-hmm. like that. So I just you know connect it okay. and throw it on. Okay. So I don't have any. So this
0: this is actually you're you're playing right into my uh my evil plan here
2: in your phone you have the fucking escape yeah, in your ba- the back the f- on your phone your lock screen is the stonehenge of manhattan yeah yeah look at that yeah
4: yeah manhattan henge
2: my lock screen oh. is uh, uh, so sorry you have no case on your phone no.
4: so you're a risk taker right uh, no so you can think of it as risk taking or when i got the phone I, cuz i admire how thin this is right i'd like technology mm-hmm.
2: yeah. serving Sleek. me
4: Okay, so what I did when I got the phone, I said, let me do this with it. Okay,
2: Flip it around?
4: Yes. Okay. And I reminded myself, why do, uh, in, in the military cadets, why do they twirl their gun? Of what possible value is this in combat? Why do they do these things with their gun? And then I realized, you're not supposed to drop your gun, ever. Mm. Ever. Ever. So, if you twirl the gun and you don't drop it, it means stuff can happen to you in combat and it is always attached to your body. Ah. So, I said to, so when I got my phone, I said, let me just do this.
0: So, here. Okay.
4: Let me, let me just. This.
0: So, here he's flipping. He's kind of just doing this like baton routine mm-hmm. with his phone, flipping around, finding the center of gravity, doing the stuff like that. And I'm watching this. And I'm not sure if this carries through an on audio only so much. I think you need the video too. But I'm watching this, and it it seemed like deja vu. It seemed very familiar. And his mannerisms of demonstration and talking is just like when you are demonstrating and talking about things. And it's just like I won't
2: deny that <laughs> Elder Crass Tyson probably has an a, a influence on me on the way that I right. that, that I go about trying to explain things. I, cause he was, he was, he still is someone I look up to in terms of his ability to, to break things down. He's not the, the guy that I would go to now for, cause he's right. not, he, he's still kind of a sophomore level. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's great. Right. I mean, we need people to be there. We, mm-hmm. he, he, I, I think he's excellent at what he does. I, uh, I understand why he does that. And I, and a I, I broad think, audience, yeah. And and I also I know people like complaining when he ruins things science but I think that that's part of his like job in a sense is mm-hmm. to be a buzzkill about those things. That that's what you right. know. That
0: that's who he no, is. It just I was I was watching this and I'm like I was like taken aback by like how similar. And I'm not saying you're copying him. I'm not even sure that it's a direct influence because you don't follow him super closely and he's talking about a fucking iphone but it you know i'm watching this and i'm thinking back to last week when you put the milk in the water you know and there's so the cadence of the description and so many things are so similar
4: i I, do this if i pick up the phone and dropped it okay (laughs) jesus christ so when you do that then you never drop your phone so it's not that I'm a risk taker, it's that I've changed my risk to make changed. it so low that it essentially won't happen.
2: And you got AppleCare. He's a lot <laughs> cooler than I am. <laughs> Did you get AppleCare? Uh, no. I mean, he has, no, he has a
4: kind of... No. You're a risk he, taker. First, I my own damn computer. Second...
2: How are you going to fix your own damn phone if the, the screen breaks? You gonna get in there with a screwdriver and pop that bitch out? Put the, a
4: new the, one in. The key word, the key phrase is: there, if the screen breaks, but you're not gonna drop it. That's so it correct. Blow.
0: Meanwhile, Joe Rogan is constantly trying
2: to like, dumb down the conversation. <laughs> well, that's also Joe Rogan's role. Right. Like yeah. I, like I actually think he's is pretty good at what he does. You he's
5: he's, your pens, it you're not
4: spending he's a
2: much money. better like broadcaster than someone yeah, like Alex Jones because he's sort of he he takes that kind of Howard Stern aspect of all right, well, I'm gonna treat you seriously regardless of how. Or, I'm going to, mm-hmm. or i don't know if treat you seriously right but i'm going to just try to explore what your mindset is regardless of yeah. how silly or crazy it sounds but i you know i'm here to just get into your head and, mm-hmm. and try to get there and and
0: it's something that i wouldn't be able to do and, and i'm kind of impressed by his ability yeah. to, to yeah. do it uh but that so you mentioned sophomoric in you know no digress tyson Probably in a more I, I, I'm not sophomoric. Oh. I'm saying sophomore level. Sophomore like, level, right. Like... Where Joe Rogan is more sophomoric, right? Yeah. It's the dick jokes and the
2: Yes, yeah, sure. I mean like
0: he, that's his home base, right?
2: I, I guess. I, I haven't... It, I haven't watched enough.
0: Maybe I'm wrong, right? I, I
2: haven't noticed that, that... Yeah, I haven't, I, I haven't watched so enough. So,
0: I, I wouldn't have realized this was the Joe Rogan experience when I watched this video if it wasn't for the Elon Musk smoking pot one that happened, like, last oh. week. <laughs> so, like, that's how little I know about Joe Rogan experience.
2: Uh, no, I, I think he has some interesting people on. I mean, he, he has a, a bunch of diverse opinions... On which is which is fine, and mm-hmm. yeah, there are people who are like absolutely like, rabid listeners to him, and I'm not. So, and he, it's a long ass show, mm-hmm. so uh, you know, unless you're really interested in what somebody has to say, mm-hmm. but usually they you get some interest. Like the Nildegra- he whenever he has Neil Grant Tyson on, it's usually a really interesting show because you know, d- d- similar to me, Neil Nildegra- always there's always something. He, Something yeah, he has to talk I was about. just
0: watching that. You know, like for some reason I fell for the clickbait, and I'm like, "Why doesn't Yoder Tyson use the case on this phone?" And I'm like, "Holy shit, it's Greg!" <laughs> I'm I I feel that's a compliment. It it, it it it's not a it's not an insult. It's not a compliment. It's it it's cure. I I kind of felt that you guys maybe came to similar teaching methodology, like cadence and methodology kind of independently, not so much that you were really um, adopting his method because I, I, because I'm not consciously because him there is not him on camera, right? That's not how he talks when he's on PBS. Yes, that's true. Right. You. So I've never really seen Neil deGrasse Tyson like that before.
2: I have seen him like that, like giving, giving like, talks. On Star Talk, he's not. He's like not that. No, he's not done on Star Talk. But I have seen him like at conferences and stuff like that, okay. doing things. Um, or in interviews, he can get on, on that. Uh, okay. But he's not Bill Nye, right? I mean, but he. I don't
0: think Bill Nye's perfect. I think Bill no, Nye. No, I don't
2: think. No, but I'm just saying in terms of delivery, they're, they're different people in terms of how they, they deliver and how mm-hmm. they respond to these things. Bill Nye is very kind of buttoned up and stuff uh yeah he he has a bit of a stick up his ass yes uh i i mean i watch a lot of science educators because i'm interested in science education Mm -hmm. and uh and i'm always interested in getting a new perspective on how to teach things and how to and and how and and also you know i learned things by you know Mm -hmm. i never like i remember watching something on on I tried to explain it to you once, and I did, did a really poor mm-hmm. job. But it was about tides and how the teaching about tides is all wrong. Um, the, t- the re, like, have you ever asked a question?
0: How come my water glass doesn't have tides in it? Okay, right. Uh, you want my answer? Yeah. Or I would say because there's not enough mass there, <laughs> you don't notice it. It's too too small to observe. Okay. Well, so it,
2: the 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 explanation for tides. That normally, is there? Is it the moon? Mm-hmm.
0: Is, you know, pulling on the water, right? It's not pulling on the water. It's pulling on the mass. And the ocean has a lot of mass. The glass does not have a lot of mass. So it's pulling on the mass. What is it that, is the water, does the water weigh less? The water's more fluid, because it's a fluid. Mm-hmm. So it's able to... Why doesn't the Earth swell up like the water does? Because mm-hmm. the water has more fluidity to it mm-hmm. than the Earth does, right? Yeah. You're, you're 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 you're
2: close. I mean, you're 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 you are on the right path. Um,
0: uh, you are thinking along the right the right way. So, and then the water may be more dense than topsoil too. I think probably would be. So there'd be more mass per unit. In water than topsoil, so it's it's like the question is how
2: come you know my glass doesn't start to float a little bit if the moon is is making things
0: less massive. If, if you have a sensitive enough measuring device, it does.
2: Uh, it's it's possible. Your glass yeah. would glass would weigh less would when way, the moon less when the moon is is directly above you. Yeah.
0: But, it's not just fluid; it, it gravity but pulls so, on everything.
2: So, but how come there isn't a noticeable tide in the glass at different? Like if I if I were to put a
0: camera in this in twenty four hours, there's it's not going if to rise you, or fall. If you had an accurate enough thing, you would see the water either be tilted to the left or to the right, depending on if the moon's over there or over there.
2: I don't think that's true
0: you would because but the thing is the surface area there and the ability to for the water to shift it's so confined there's so little room for an observable change right. it's going to be super tiny but there will be a statistical measurable change if you can get a th- device I,
2: I think that on this level it's probably not Measurable, like it's probably less than than a less water. than noise. It might be less than noise. Yeah, uh, but, but I, the the explanation is, yeah, you're 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 correct in that. The, the thing that's happening is the water is pushing on other well,
0: water. You're, okay, what you're saying is, how hard is the moon pulling on this piece of water right here, versus how hard is the moon pulling on this piece of water right here? It's only two inches apart, mm-hmm. so the amount of the differential and pull is calculatable but probably not measurable mm-hmm. right probably so probably less than a water atom so
2: it's it's not even going to like be okay. significant so if it's yeah. if
0: it's insignificant then there will be no change right if it is significant or if it's only significant statistically then you're only going to get this random averagey type differential
2: right and what you get is essentially lot la- really large areas of water are basically pushing each other into the into this the, because of the surface area of the water the fl- well, that's the fluidity why lakes helps. that's why even large even you know pretty large lakes don't get tides really uh, mm-hmm. the great lakes get very minor tides but um, they're actually There, there are. uh, Great Lakes are tiny compared to the Atlantic Ocean, right? And so, what's happening is all the, all the little atoms are sort of pushing at each other. I think
0: that's a fallacy because you can't see across Lake Erie. You think it's as big as the Atlantic Ocean, right? That's a human Mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. Where, if you look at the globe, you can see very plainly that it's not even the same thing. But when you're standing on the shore. It looks like the same thing. So, what you'd tell you so you do have a gravity
2: differential at two different sides, but you what is happening is that the the sides that don't have a gravity differential are sort of pushing on the sides that do, and
0: they're creating these bulges. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing is the bulge on the opposite side, right? That's the more fascinating one. I well, think
2: so. it, it's it, it's the one that that doesn't immediately. It, it, because you don't immediately think of it but i mean the thing is that there is more gravity between the moon and the right the, the moon is pulling on on this part of the earth and then there's the center of the earth and there's beyond it mm-hmm. which has now less gravitational potentially even mm-hmm. less yeah. so that's going to be uh so it is going to be it's, pulled. Gonna,
0: it's gonna it's gonna float away right it's gonna float out instead of be pulled out it's going to float out is the way to describe that. Mm -hmm. But I mean, that's the more fascinating one. Um, Your original point was what about how people don't. Tides are described as the water
2: being pulled by the, by the moon, but really it's the water being pushed by, uh, by the, the rest of the water.
0: But that's each individual particle being pulled slightly by the moon. It it it, it's a it's an additive thing.
2: Let's go to the let me because like I said, this is uh, I'm gonna go to the original uh, space time video and we can watch it together. Okay, how about that? This is PBS Space Time, it's even before they had
1: their new host, or or new... Gravity differential from the moon, made by smart people, explains the tides incorrectly. As we've seen before on Space Time, gravity affects the motion of all objects identically. So, if gravity from the moon and the sun is really responsible for tides in the ocean, and water is water, then why don't we see tides in lakes?
0: Scale's too small to Guess what?
1: Whatever you believe about why ocean tides exist is probably wrong, even at the most basic level. In fact, every YouTube video I've ever seen about tides, including ones made by smart people, explains the tides incorrectly. Typically they show this diagram, along with an explanation that goes something like this. The moon's gravity is stronger at point A and weaker at point B than it is at Earth's center. The net effect of this differential in the moon's gravity across the earth is to stretch the oceans out like taffy ergo why the oceans bulge out at opposite points along the earth moon line now that explanation sounds okay stop pause a lot of... all right
0: so i he was he was accurate 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 until he said stretched like taffy because there is no pull to be right it's it's a float, like I said, floating out right. to be right type thing. Mm-hmm. So,
2: but you you can think of it as a as a. I want to see what he pull. says next, okay. but
0: I would never have said pull to be because there's no gravity on the other side pulling it. Right. Well,
2: but it's sort of the op. It, it's you can think of it as almost a negative gravitational effect in, in a way. You can think of it as it's being. Uh, as mm-hmm. it has a negative gravitational, but it's not being
0: pulled. But it right? is being You're pull-
2: pulled by by
0: the by some sort of. It's not being pulled by anything. It's being it's being pulled by the differential in this in this. The stuff that's right here on the south pole that's uh-huh. on the right side is getting pulled. The stuff that is on the left side of the South Pole is getting dropped, and it's, you know, it, there is more, let's continue with the video. Okay.
1: Well-known scientists give it, but as we'll see, it's not correct. Don't get me wrong, the facts are correct. There really is a gravity differential from the moon at points A and B, and at least in this simplified model, there would be two tidal bulges at opposite ends of the Earth-Moon line. Plus, if Earth could rotate underneath those bulges with no friction between the ocean and Earth's crust, then at a given location on the globe, you would experience two high tides per day as you pass through each bulge and two low tides per day as you pass through the spots at 90 degrees to the bulge. All of that is true. What's lo-
2: okay, so, just want to get that point. Mm-hmm. There is this,
0: okay. Yeah. No, bro, what causes it?
1: is the explanation for the bulges. They aren't actually being lifted or stretched by that gravitational differential. Something much more subtle is happening that even many professional astronomers and physicists misunderstand, including me for many years. So don't feel bad. Tides are tricky. But today, we're going to set the record straight, and in the process, understand how it could be that the ocean has tides, but lakes, bathtubs, and cups of coffee don't. So right up front, I want to make some assumptions to simplify the analysis and to remove unimportant factors from the picture. That way, we can better isolate qualitatively what's really causing the tides. Here we go. Assumption one, we're going to use Newtonian gravity. It's not that Einstein can't explain tides, he can, but curved spacetime will only add complexity without actually making things clearer. Assumption two. Let's ignore the sun. For simplicity, we'll focus only on the influence of the moon. The sun's effects are going to work analogously anyway. Assumption three, we're going to pretend the Earth is uniformly covered with one humongous ocean and no continents. And finally, assumption four, we're going to pretend that we can switch Earth's gravity on and off whenever we want to. You got it? Okay. Let's take a closer look at the moon's gravity differential and how it manifests itself from the perspective of a frame of reference attached to Earth's center. Forget about the oceans for a minute and just imagine two small blocks, A and B, at opposite ends of the Earth's surface along the Earth-Moon line. Turn off Earth's gravity. What happens to the blocks? Well, relative to a frame out in the ambient space, block A accelerates toward the moon more than Earth's center, and Earth's center accelerates toward the moon more than block B. So from the perspective of Earth's frame, both blocks will separate from the surface. As
2: See, that's the explanation for huh?
0: right?
2: That, that bulge, is that... The the difference in the frame of reference is where these bulges are are occurring from.
0: Right, so the center B, the far side of the moon, is being pulled is much less than, less than the center of the Earth. So it's pulling away from the center of the Earth, or it's it's not being pulled as much as the center of the Earth, and it's not being pulled as much as the right. side A. So, so the distance increases. Mm-hmm. So instead of saying being pulled away, you just say the distance increases. Better. Mm -hmm. terminology
1: yeah if acted on by some invisible outward force that weird invisible outward force is called the tidal force and in newtonian physics it's fake it's an artifact of earth's frame of reference remember earth itself is accelerating toward the moon so according to newton earth's frame is non-inertial Now if you need a refresher on non-inertial frames, you can check out our earlier video on the topic. But the bottom line is that in Earth's frame, the tidal force looks like anti-gravity, at least along the Earth-Moon line. And here's the thing. Just like the fake forces that you perceive in an accelerating train car, tidal forces should make all objects accelerate off the surface identically, regardless of their mass. An object's resulting acceleration relative to Earth's surface is called the tidal acceleration of that object. And it should be identical for a pebble and a pony. But if that's true, the tidal force along the Earth-Moon line can't be raising or stretching the two bulges that lie along that line. Because if that were the case, then water in lakes should also be lifted. And for that matter, so should sand and rocks and you. Remember, the object's mass doesn't matter but we don't see things levitate during high tide. More important, the math of assuming the bulges are being lifted doesn't work out. The tidal acceleration on objects due to the moon's differential gravity along the Earth-Moon line works out to only 1 ten millionth of an Earth-G. And you can't lift something by pulling up on it with a force that's 10 million times smaller than its Earth weight. Plus, even if you turned Earth's gravity off, you would never notice an outward acceleration of one micron per second per second. Nevertheless, those bulges in the ocean are real. So, if the ocean isn't being stretched, then how do they get there? The key is to look at the tidal acceleration of objects that are not on the Earth-Moon line. For instance, a block at this location is going to be pulled this way by the moon. But, of course, the whole Earth is... So the location is... Uh, uh, imagine parallel. something on the North
0: Pole uh, yeah. if the moon is on the um, eastern equator.
1: Pulled that way by the moon, chasing after the block. So, so it's like kind of surface, at 30 degrees. The tidal acceleration is almost radially inward, in other words, down. In fact, if we map out the tidal acceleration vectors that you'd see at different points on Earth's surface, they look like this. As you can see, tidal forces only act like anti-gravity if you're right on the Earth-Moon line. At most places, those vectors are largely tangent to Earth's surface, which would push water sideways. Now, we've drawn these vectors kind of big to help you visualize them, but in reality they're microscopic. Remember, the radially inward acceleration caused by Earth's own gravity on objects is 10 million times bigger. However, the surface area of the ocean is also enormous, so those tiny tangential sideways pushes on all the chunks of water added up over half the surface of the planet can produce a pretty decent increase in water pressure. So I think you can start to see what's happening here. The ocean isn't being lifted or stretched. Instead, thanks to the cumulative sideways traction everywhere else, it's being squeezed toward the Earth-Moon line and piling up there. Basically, the moon is turning the entire ocean into a planet-sized hydraulic pump. And the ocean is bulging along the Earth-Moon line. A
0: little bit of tomato-tomato there, I think. When when, uh, he's when, talk, well, when a layman says lifted or stretched or something like that, a they're not getting into this amount of nuance. Um, for me, there's not. I I there's not a like a new. This doesn't break my understanding of how it worked. Mm-hmm. Gives me probably better terms to use, but it doesn't doesn't break my previous understanding of how it worked. Maybe not, but it's I mean
2: it's more accurate. It it it's Well,
0: sure. I have better terms. I won't say stretched or lifted anymore, but this is how to some degree but may, not with as much detail, but how I thought it worked.
2: Okay. I mean, so maybe
0: I'm the rare unicorn. It's but... it's
2: it's certainly possible. Like I had a different understanding of tides okay. before I saw this, and and uh, and it's just something because a lot of books have a different have have the simple simplified explanation that he, he talked about, and it's just something that you you know studying particle physics don't really care much about tides. I'll I'll accept the the thing because it seemed it, it made sense. Mm-hmm. If you start to think about it really hard. Then you might have come up with something like, "Wait a minute! How come, yeah, how come objects don't accelerate? How come I don't notice tides in my coffee cup?" It's something
0: that you know you only have so much thinking time you you can devote to something. Yeah, it's, I mean, for that whole coffee cup thing, I'll say you know humans can judge scale about as good as they can judge risk. Yes.
1: So let's continue with the video. I don't know how much more there is here. In the same way that a blister or a pimple will bulge up in the center if you start to squeeze it from the side. So why don't lakes have tides? Well, largely for the same reason that it's very hard to pop small pimples, less traction and bad hydraulics. See, unlike the oceans, a single lake is not a contiguous planet-sized body of water. Lakes just don't have enough area for the tiny pushes on it to build up enough pressure to change the water level. Now, technically, really big lakes like Lake Michigan in North America can generate enough pressure to produce mini tides, maybe with a couple of centimeter difference between low and high tide. But since winds and boats and aquatic sloshing will all create ripples that are way bigger than that, those mini tides just aren't noticeable. The same is true for any enclosed body of liquid. A swimming pool, a bathtub, a human body, which is basically a big sack of water, and a cup of coffee, technically all experience tides. They're just microscopic. Also, remember that Earth itself isn't perfectly rigid. So when water in a swimming pool rises a tiny amount, Earth's surface is also rising by a tiny amount, making the change in water level relative to the surface of the planet even less noticeable. Now, everything that I've just said is oversimplified. But I think it gets the main point across. Namely, tides have a lot more in common with pimples than they do with taffy okay we've got a few loose ends to tie up first all right, sun.
0: so the one thing that is give me a new insight is that the whole so people listening couldn't see that whole vector diagram of the earth um, so if you're looking at imagining Earth where you have a North pole and a south Pole and the moon is off to the east mm-hmm. equator there was inward facing vector arrows on the poles. Mm-hmm. And that's where he's talking about the pimple thing, right? Right. When you're squeezing that way. Basically because of all the vectors, the gravity of that water is because we're assuming the earth is completely liquid. The gravity of that water is squeezing in towards the core of the earth right. more so than other things, which is causing the rest of the bulge out. That's the new insight that I mm-hmm. got here. The pimple
2: thing, I think was a really good analogy the the idea that you know it, it's more like a pump it's more like you're you're pushing mm-hmm. on the things and pushing things up but it, it,
0: rather it, than it being it's pulled. it's it's I don't like a pump analogy as much because it's it's gravitational and it's inside the system right where a pump is this mechanical thing outside so I I, I don't love it right but seeing how those um Vector arrows perpendicular to the sun moon line, mm-hmm. how they are primarily being acted upon by the gravity of the earth right is what's causing the bulges is that right primarily is well, that primarily it, the right word primarily is probably not the right word because the moon gravity is still the whole thing that 's starting this. yeah right so they're being acted upon by the moon, but their angle. Is inward
2: towards the Earth, towards the Moon, toward towards the Moon, but also towards the surface of the Earth. Yeah. So, so that all, there's vector. A compression. So so the the additional vector is pointing still, basically into the mm-hmm.
0: Earth, and that is giving this push, the, the, the squeezing that, that that that. I think that explains the backside, the B side bulge. A lot, it, definitely a lot. a lot more, right? Because it make it, it, uh, cause the acceleration towards the moon when you're in orbit and you're not actually getting closer to the moon. Mm-hmm. Well, make,
2: that makes sense from a perspective of of, of an outside frame, right? right? And if you think of it from the perspective of a frame on Earth, it doesn't seem right. Mm-hmm. But from an outside frame, that does make more sense. Right, you
0: are accelerating towards the moon, but you just keep missing the moon because right yeah have this whole orbital dynamic thing that keeps things from crashing, sure,
2: and like I said, maybe
0: those orbital lines are actually real and heavy <laughs> all right, uh, so that's the insight I got yeah but he did say mean, that lakes and coffee about cups about are microscopic, exactly. right? yes, but they're still in effect
2: there there's I, I, if
0: if if resolvable, right. There is a mathematical effect, but the same it's... effect
2: uh, as he as he said and that I didn't bring up. But it's absolutely right. The same effect is happening to the glass. It's happening to the table. So it's it's happening to whatever the camera, the measuring device is mounted
0: on. Mm-hmm. So, the, well, at the, yeah, at this scale, gravity is so tiny that, like, if you had to calculate all of the gravitational interactions on that glass of water, that Sharpie. Your computer, the light bulb up there in the ceiling, gravity is an infinite force, right? I mean, it, it's, it decays I know, quickly, but, it, but, but everything. Thank goodness that gravity is so weak that, like, we would never figure out physics if we had to account for all these gravities mm-hmm. of everything in this room. I, I remember,
2: it's funny because I remember a Neil deGrasse Tyson thing where, where he was like, if we were the size of insects, then we may not have discovered gravity yet. Everything would be dominated by electromagnetic forces mm-hmm. uh, it's it be it's
0: it's a weird like perspective but it it's it's a good one yeah it's a good one and it might help you step outside yourself and say like what else might we be overlooking right Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that I really like that one
2: I think it's enough I think you we. We we spent enough time on, on this I there's more I could talk about but uh, don't wanna don't wanna bore people. I, I or...
0: ordered my new iPhone XS today. <laughs> oh really? I'm perfectly happy with this phone I don't I have an iPhone six with a busted ass battery, Oh, so. okay, yeah. And Ellie needs a phone, apparently. So So you're gonna give her an iPhone six with a busted ass battery. Oh, well I'll get the battery placed and then give it to her. Thing is I have all my credit frozen and I tried to do the twenty four months no interest thing and I place the order and it's like we're having a problem processing your loan. We'll email you in twenty four hours. Like, so it's like I understand why people don't freeze their credit yeah. and and have identity theft because it's a pain in the ass. But so now I'm gonna have to like give them a code to check my credit so I can you know borrow mm-hmm. thirteen hundred dollars. Yeah,
2: the, my twenty four month thing on this just ended, just mm-hmm. actually this month, and uh, I don't want to do that again. I'm just gonna put on a credit card, just buy the whole thing next time I get a phone.
0: It's zero zero percent interest though, so I figure I'll just.
2: Well, I mean, right now I have a card with zero percent interest until next year sometime, okay. and then I'm just gonna get another one that has zero percent interest and just keep keep uh, balances that I need to you know have on that. I
0: thought about paying it for it. I could pay it for it outright. Yeah. I would have the phone in the mail right now, but I just figured.
2: I just I, to me. And and it's, it the, bugged me irrationally to have this, you know, I, 13, 14 months later, I'm still getting $45 being pulled out. Of that you can pay it off. Early. No, I couldn't. That was oh, the thing that bugged yeah. me. I couldn't pay it off. Like, I wanted to just pay it off, and I couldn't. There was so no look, way for me to the, pay it I off. think the reason...
0: Looks to me, the reason they give you zero percent interest is they also give you a new phone every year. So they want you just to keep rolling that debt, right? Sure. Well, that's how and that's how mags make money. That's that's like my father-in-law in cars. He's always buying in buying new cars before his cars paid off, and he just <laughs> rolls in the debt. Um, I looked at the different options, and I ended up going with the. Um, the one that it, so Apple had one that was the phone plus Apple Care it was the exact price of paying for the phone and Apple Care outright, mm-hmm. spread across twenty four payments, at like fifty bucks a month, fifty three bucks a month. I figured, yeah, why why pay for it now when I can pay for it over time? Mm-hmm.
2: But yeah. Th- Check to make sure that you can pay off the loan. If 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 you like if like me you, you feel like you may get
0: irrationally upset yeah. and just want to I, like, I won't get irrationally upset. Um I figure that I'm a big fan of zero percent interest <laughs> loans and if they want me to pay for over the next twenty four months what they want me to do is they want me to buy the iPhone XI mm-hmm. next year and still owe um $700 on this phone, right? <laughs> right. And roll that into a new loan. Well, that's what, that's what they want. They
2: don't expect everyone to do that. They want a certain percent of the population to do that. But they... They,
0: right. Where I have an iPhone 6 that's been paid off forever, right? So I'm going to keep the excess. I mean, they for a also like the fact that there are people
2: who are, that they can regularly rely on this income mm-hmm. stream. I mean, yeah. over time. So that is, that's useful too. It's not like everybody has to be. A super consumer in order for them to in order for them to make money on mm-hmm. no the fact that you got you are in debt and you're giving them a constant pay over time means
0: it, that, that because of the way that money works that the only perk for the lending organization is that that rollover because they are loaning me thirteen hundred dollars at no interest, and i it's the exact price is if I paid outright. Mm-hmm. There's no surcharge or anything, right? And so,
2: effectively, you can consider it because the interest, because money is is because inflation is going up, you're paying less for the phone than you would right initially. Um, but the idea is have enough people with a constant, continuous revenue stream. Right. The people that get a new phone every year are are the 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 part that makes it
0: more profitable. But mm-hmm. you keep the money coming in constantly. Yeah. Except uh, I'm not getting my phone shipped right now because I have my credit frozen. So I have to. I found that TransUnion lets you give free one time codes. Uh, a couple months ago, I kind of redid all my credit card structure. Got a three new co- or two new cards with zero interest. Move my balances over because I have all the the acquisition money. Doesn't
2: I, uh... Microsoft have some credit monitoring
0: thing? I don't, no, not really.
2: I, I, I'm surprised that they don't. They but
0: anyway, I've been carrying like a debt load for 10 years now. And in the next 12 months, I'm going to wipe that out completely. But I'm trying to use some mechanical advantages to not spend all that money right now. Keep right? in mind, it's
2: always good to have some debt. Credit yeah. companies hate people with zero debt. Yeah. Uh... Just have something on your credit card, at, at least, yeah. like, you know, a guest of something. For sure. Even
0: if you pay it off monthly, just make sure that, it, you right. know... It gets... But I've been carrying, like, twenty-five to $30,000 okay. for a long time. And in 12 months, that'll be gone. But we just moved everything on to... I was busy. Heather was managing the bills. Several credit cards ran out of their low interest periods, and we were paying a lot. Mm. And it was bad and I love my wife. I'm not going to hold it against her, but we fixed it and everything moved. And so now we have a plan because I get, you know, with acquisition, I got a big stock grant, but it's a one year cliff before you get your first investment. So next March, get a big chunk of cash that I will be able to use to clear my debt. So we're in a good place to get that big debt load mm-hmm. gone. And, um, and you just acquire new debt. <laughs> uh once the debt once that debt load's gone then I probably will get a new car and then have another new car and Exactly.
2: Then... You're going to get new debt. Right.
0: So it's um Sure. And then also, you know, kids and
2: college and all that stuff. Like so. life doesn't end. Right. So until it does. But I mean, like yeah. You know, you you clear your jet and you still have clear debt you still have more
0: living to do so you're gonna but what the whole reason i brought this up was i just so i got you know two new credit cards and i had to do this whole thing where you know you do this one-time code from the credit agencies i found that transunion lets you do one-time codes for free you don't have to pay to un they'll let you unlock your credit for free any of them will but to lock it back up it's another 10 bucks or whatever Mm -hmm. Um, i found transunion you can just kind of go to the website and say one time code code then you call up the credit card agency give them the code they do your thing everything's cool
2: it's funny because i i have a credit monitoring service that that i'm in so i don't that's why i don't lock because i have a service that Mm -hmm. checks it uh and when one of the reasons was i wanted to have you know i wanted to keep monitoring my credit report there's a uh, it's called a Den of Garden, and it's also I have the three credit monitoring every so mm-hmm. monthly. I can get an update, um, uh, but it was like twenty five bucks, and I, and uh, when I got my car, and you know that's a lot more debt that I, that I was taking up, and uh, you know a lot more money because I, that I was paying monthly. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I got new, ins- I got I changed my insurance because it was much more expensive, and you know you figure. I I was like I, I was happy with my insurance, but it was more expensive, and it's something that I'm not going to be using a lot. Hopefully, so that's something mm-hmm. I want to have, and I want to get a good you know good insurance, but I also want to get a decent price for it. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm saving like five hundred dollars now on insurance, and it's, yeah. a, it's a huge amount. Um,
0: Who were you at? I was at All
2: State, and I went to. Um, From the Rock, I think, or something yeah. Okay.
0: I was I'm at State Farm and remember, I don't know if you remember last year, first day of school last year, backed out to my driveway, my neighbor was parked on the street, and I backed into him. First accident in fifteen years. Almost fifteen years I guess. And State Farm was like, You've already used your one freebie up when you were like 18 years old. 20 years old. So you gotta, you know, there's no freebie here. I'm like, it's been twenty years, like no freebie. That I, I I did make sure to get accident forgiveness. So um you know we're still a State Farm, but you know now that we have most of our other finances, I probably should shop insurance.
2: Yeah, it's it's worth it. Um, the reason why I did was because actually I knew it was going to happen because when I bought the car, they're like, well, we, um, just to. They, you know, they're going to have uh, their preferred insurance company. Mm-hmm. You know, and just, I was like, all right, hey, what the hell? Let's see, and and there was like a huge difference, and it was like, oh, I should probably go with this then, because uh, you know it's hopefully it's something I'm never going to use, mm-hmm. and uh, but I want it, I want it there, but I, and I want to get the protection that it has, but yeah. uh, I don't need to be paying a huge premium just for the name state.
0: Yeah, makes sense.
2: Um, but you know this was $25 I was paying for this guard a month and I was like I just I was performing writing out a budget and I was like mm-hmm. well, I mean I can keep We dump some of these things that I have that I'm not using or and so I went to guard. I was like oh, let's cancel and uh they came back with uh if you if you stick with us we'll we'll give you it for 15 bucks I was like okay a month yeah I don't know. The thing that they were That's, selling for 25 bucks. I would be, you know, getting 15 bucks. You know,
0: I don't know about Denegar but like locks, bullshit, right? You don't Right, yeah.
2: Well, the well, if I just had the credit monitoring, that would be much cheaper.
0: This is the I can I can also see what my score is monthly. Okay. Uh so I'm a fan of freezing your credit at the three agencies. Depends on what state you live in. If you live in a certain state or if you've had identity theft you get it for free but it costs 10 bucks per agency 30 bucks mm-hmm. to lock your credit uh, if you're a young getting established buying a house getting married buying cars not a good time to lock your credit freeze your credit but once you get established like you know 40 year old like oh, it's a good time to freeze your credit until you're you know redoing your finances so i was like when i started at microsoft they had to do a background check i had to unfreeze my credit so they could do the background check and freeze it again, so it cost me ten bucks. Mm-hmm. Because they they tell you which agency, so you call that agency and whatnot. So it's like ah, ten bucks. And then I started fixing my finances here. I'm like, oh, it's gonna be another like fifty bucks. But then I found the first the first whatever card I got first wanted to use TransUnion, and I went into the TransUnion website, and they give you the ability to do one time pin for free, so they, you get a pin. You call up the credit card and say, TransUnion, here's the pin. Ten seconds later, they're like, okay, you're good to go. You get a great credit score. And it's free. So, like, then the second one, I kind of said, let's use TransUnion. And they, they accepted it. So, another free pin. So, I've done that a couple times now. So, when I communicate with the guys that do the iPhone loan, We'll see what they say, but I'm going to say, can we do transunion so I don't have to pay 10 bucks? <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Um but
2: yeah, that uh, you can just do a simple credit monitoring for like 5 bucks a month and that's just just if if yeah. something if there's a change to your credit, heading part you'll get a
0: notification and so you can immediately then I started using Mint to 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 kind of load everything into and um getting these new credit cards and moving the balance over my credit score went up. Like I got, I got an extra. So I probably have, so I got like $30,000 in debt right now. I probably have like $75,000 in credit limit right now. Mm -hmm. So I went from like probably 60 to 75 in my credit, but credit score went up. Right. Because now you're using (laughs) less of your credit. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I, I understand your whole point. You have to keep exercising your credit cards and have a healthy credit score. But, yeah, I, I get rid of this debt load.
2: So. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah. I, I totally understand. But, you know, the funny thing is that as soon as you get rid of the debt load, all of a sudden you're like, well, time to get more debt. And that's just,
0: I mean, yeah, it, it's you know, just that's the nature of Right? Because yeah. my, my car is ancient. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, the great thing is both our cars have been paid off for years. Right.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, when I got it was a big change for me to get this car. Now I have, you yeah. know, $20,000 in, in additional debt. Um but that's fine because the I, I was paying technically I was paying less, but I'm it's much more enjoyable for me to drive now. It's it's uh much simpler to
0: simply have this uh have this car than having to deal with that hunk The maintenance of the See, my my Honda is still running pretty good and I've had, I've long held the whole point of, okay, so like what is the monthly maintenance per year? Mm -hmm. Like if I'm still, if I'm only spending like a hundred dollars a month, you know, if I spend $1,200 a year to keep the Honda running. Yeah, but
2: I was spending like $2,000 a year at least on the car and realistically now I'm paying around three to four thousand yeah. dollars a year for a car, but I feel
0: right. I, I understand yeah, your point yeah. of view. For me, my calculus is like two grand a year.
2: I mean my, my calculus wasn't you know only changed this year. Yeah, yeah. Um a lot of things change in my no, life. This oh year, I understand. But so. <laughs> well, you're
0: you're also you're you're less handy, you know, and I'm not saying I can fix everything with the car. I can't. I can't fix most things with the car. But you know, my calculus is if I'm, I'm paying two grand a year to keep the Honda running, I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. Right? It's when I have to pay four grand a year to keep the Honda running that's when it's time to get a new car.
2: Well, I, I yeah, like I mean, I, I totally understand the calculus, and I stuck with that mm-hmm. calculus for yeah. for five years. But it's mm, I'm I'm very much enjoying the fact that I have a new car. Now. Oh, no, new
0: cars <laughs> are great. Yeah. It's um, a good card. Awesome. All right. Well, that was a fun post show. It was a fun show. It was all fun all around. Yay! Fun. That two hours, hour and forty-one minutes. Holy shit! We didn't have a pre-show, so yeah. a lot to talk about. Thanks, everyone. Remember, watch the expanse, Jeff. I'll try. I really will try. I will. I'll I'll do it because. So there is. There's not many shows Heather and I watch together. And this past week, uh, Atypical on Netflix came out. A show about it's a, it's a comedy yeah, show no, about yeah, yeah, yeah. autistic kids. Um, Heather and I both like it. So it was time to watch the show together.